Hello everyone, this is Austin and Kate from the WPV Consulting Podcast. Our vision here at WPV is to connect our listeners and clients to high-performance practitioners to promote and inspire health and wealth. We will discuss some areas of research that will assist listeners in improving lifestyle performance for now and into the future. We will go over the research article which was published on PubMed in July of 2018 and discovers the cost-effectiveness of diet and exercise for overweight and obese osteoarthritis um, you can follow us on social media at WPB consulting but without further ado let's get excited and see how we can impact the field of health and human performance with this article by Locina and colleagues all right here we go what's up ladies and gentlemen welcome to the WPB podcast I'm here with my host co-host and Friend Cade Harvey, how are we doing this morning? I am doing great. Just a beautiful day here in Des Moines, Iowa. Fantastic. Um, big thing here is we are, holy crap, we're eight podcasts down and we're still moving forward. So I think ultimately, if you guys haven't checked out our last podcast with Levi specifically, it is a fantastic podcast and really emphasizes the true fitness and wellness journey that he has experienced as a coach, mentor, and um, individual involved in the field of health and wellness. So that's our last podcast that you guys can check out, and that's on our iTunes, SoundCloud, um, and also Facebook and Instagram links. So check those out. But today, Kate and I are going to talk a little bit more in depth about some research before we move forward. the next step, I think, overall, recapping our past eight podcasts, which I am very grateful for, These all these very talented individuals. Um, if you guys have not checked these podcasts out, I highly recommend it up until this point. It's kind of like watching Game of Thrones. You can't just jump in the middle of a Game of Thrones episode. You got to watch them and build them up. Very similar to like the Avengers 2, but that's my Marvel nerd coming out in me. Anyways, so if I'm just going to recap here of the eight podcasts, before this one and I will go into a summary quick of each podcast and then Kate and I will go in more depth of our research article we're going to talk about today so the first article um, or excuse me the first podcast that comes up is with uh, our coach Slater Powell he is a former graduate student at the at Minnesota State University he has his master's in exercise physiology. He also is a business owner at Aggregate Training Systems, uh, ATS. Um, In addition to that, he is also a certified CrossFit instructor. And on top of that, he has a very, very diverse background in health and human performance, especially within the field of of track and field. He was a sprinter here at Minnesota State University um, and is continuing to live his health and wellness journey. So that is our first podcast that is listed on here um, as well. The second podcast uh, is with an individual uh, who works at South Central College. He is a former Ironman athlete. His name is Steve Pottinger. He is a fantastic resource in the field of health and human performance, as in coming from an individual who had no experience going into training for an Ironman. He kind of just mentally thought he needed to hurdle an obstacle moving forward. And he thought an Ironman would be a good way to do it. Um, He's competed in 
he says as a recreational athlete the past 25 years so take a look at his podcast and learn a little bit more of um, his anecdotal evidence on his experience within health and human performance for an Ironman. Our third podcast comes from uh, Abby Hilmer. She is a fantastic resource to discuss the importance of cognizance within health and human performance, especially within the field of nutrition um, and moving forward on that. She is a graduate of the University of Northern Iowa, and she happens to have her own business as well. So go ahead and check that podcast out. Um, so our, going into our fourth podcast, that is Katie Douglas of Sequoia Fitness. She is the owner of Sequoia Fitness. It is a yoga studio, and it is expanding into a health center um, in Pella, Iowa. She is a very uh, large entrepreneur in the field of health and human performance in the southern metro Des Moines metro area in Iowa so she's awesome contact her if you have any questions regarding yoga um, the fifth podcast is with our host here Cade his is in the field of anatomy and masters of science in anatomy so Cade's experience within that has been very uh, profound, especially assisting us moving forward at WPB. So having him on the podcast has been greatly influential. So check his podcast out. Um, so the next podcast after that is with uh, Reese O'Neill. He is a former uh, student at Bangor University in Bangor, Wales, studying health and human performance. Um, he experiences a lot of um, diversity within travel. And so going over his experience within studying health and human performance all over the world has been great. And then our last two podcasts are with Rufin and Levi. And so ultimately understanding their background. So Rufin is a doctor. He's becoming a doctor of osteopathic medicine. Um, he talks about his former experience as a wrestler at the university of Iowa. In addition to being a uh, full uh, full-time student at Des Moines University. And last, our last podcast, as I mentioned previously, is with Levi, and he really goes into in-depth with performance, um, and then also his experience of how he got into health and human performance as a coach, as an, as an now athlete, and now moving forward with that. So with, with that large summary wrapped up, let's get into the today's podcast. How does that sound, kid? Sounds like a plan. Okay. So, Kate, if you want to give a brief intro of the article that we're going to discuss today, let's let's tell our viewers what's going on here. Yes. So, the title of today's article that we're going to review is The Cost Effectiveness of Diet and Exercise for Overweight and Obese Knee Osteoarthritis Patients. So, this, this, um, paper originally came from a different, um, they basically just pulled data from another study, which was called the IDEA trial, which that is called the Intensive Diet and Exercise for Arthritis trial, which was an 18, 18th month radiographic and MRI trial, which basically looked at um, the effect of diet and exercise on the um, basically like the cartilage in the knees of those patients. And 
the main thing that they found from that was that there wasn't any significant difference between like the joint space of the two of the control groups and then the diet and exercise groups. Um, but there was definitely a reduction in pain in those individuals that lost weight um, on diet and exercise. And then that also reduced the amount of compression forces that are, are on your lower, lower limb joints, such as just from walking, um, then also running and various activities like that. So we can get into our article. Sure. I know the background of that one. So um, before we keep going, I think the next thing that I need to discuss here is this, this article really goes in depth from several different backgrounds of, uh, I think, health and wellness. It comes from a, a economic background where we're understanding more of the, the fiscal responsibility was within improving health and human performance within a clinical setting. In addition to understanding, like Kate said, like specifically the, the anatomy and physiology as well, and then how the combination of those are can work into a pragmatic worldview and research. So let's get started. All right. So First thing, so for those of you who are not familiar with scientific papers, scientific research articles, so the first thing you see when you read a paper is you're going to see the abstract. The abstract is kind of like the cliff notes or the spark notes version of the, uh, of the article. It just gives a like, nice little summary, helps you determine if you want to read the entire thing because most journal articles are like 16 pages long. So. The first thing in an abstract is the objective. So the objective for this study, um, like I said, the IDEA trial showed that diet and exercise, exercise led to a almost 20 pound weight reduction um, and a 50% reduction in knee pain in osteoarthritis patients. And so the, this article wanted to look into the cost effectiveness of adding a diet and exercise program for overweight and obese um, individuals with arthritis knee pain. And so the methods, basically they looked at quality adjusted life years and lifetime costs of overweight and obese knee patients with and without the diet and exercise program. So basically they're, they're gonna run the numbers that came from the IDEA trial into st statistical software to see where what is the threshold of adding, implementing um, diet and exercise? When does it, when do you get a return on investment? Is basically what um, the methods are looking at. And then the next part of an abstract is the results. Basically it's usually two to three sentences that sums up um, what the, where the statistical analysis were, the answers that came from those. <clears throat> and in this study, um, diet and exercise led to a 0 0.05 quality adjusted life years gain per person um, at a cost of about $2,000 um, from the healthcare sector perspective, and then about $1,500 from the societal perspective. So overall, 
that resulted in um all right and then i'm gonna let austin go over the results and conclusion all right guys so ultimately i'll sum this up for you real quick unless you have the article in front of you um, and this article actually recently came out this past year. Uh, so it was actually published in 2018, which is fantastic. Um, it's a very, very recent study. Um, it's done by, um, looks like Locina and colleagues here in the United States. But what we'll look into is more in, into the more epidemiology um, statistics regarding this. So the results, um, ultimately this is a, a case-based study. Um, so they, they come from two backgrounds. They come from a healthcare sector background, and they also come from a societal perspective background. Now, ultimately, what they're studying is if an let's let's say like if there's an employer out there that is paying for health costs and producing osteoarthritis pain, inflammation, what it may be what is the cost effectiveness or the likelihood of cost effectiveness um, that will assist these employers or healthcare providers. Now, in, the, this, in, this, in this case study, um, like as each person, um, as each person was, uh, I should say, an employer would spend approximately 1600 or 1800 dollars per person kind of what Cade said that has an increase of quality of life years so they have a more likelihood to live longer and at a higher quality of life with the investment of the employer um, to a diet and exercise intervention program um, that will assist them so and this comes from both backgrounds of the healthcare sector and the societal background so the importance is looking into this and ultimately what they found is like if there's investment minimum of fifty thousand dollars for let's say for a large employer um there is a minimum that is the minimum that they saw for the effectiveness of an increase of quality of life based on the statistics that they ran um so unfortunately we can't say correlation equals causation because then we're making a causal relationship and that doesn't work. So it suggests that if you, if an employer were to spend $50,000 on their employees to prevent osteoarthritis, especially in like standing jobs or sitting jobs, they have a increase of quality of life years an increase of productivity and a decrease of cost for spending money on healthcare for their employees. So the investment of improving, improving a diet and exercise program for their employees reduce osteoarthritis pain and, and increases cost effectiveness for clinical um, patients too as well. So summing this up, as, as I kind of mentioned, like in the states here in the article, we, uh, the researchers considered multiple willingness to pay thresholds, $50,000, $100,000, $200,000 per quality adjusted life year. Um, in the base case, the diet and exercise program was cost effective at all thresholds considered. And like I said, as I mentioned previously, the researchers state, if payers are willing to spend 
$50,000 per quality adjusted life year gained. This allows participants to participate in diet and exercise program for up to eight years and provides the best value. Now, if they're willing to spend $100,000, the diet and exercise program indefinitely provides the best value. So the investment of diet and exercise into your work, no matter if it's in a work labor force or if it's in a clinical work, this provides these patients access to treatment and a significant increase in their quality of life health as they suggest here. So ultimately, um, we'll go over the introduction here, Cade, um, if we look into that here in a second. And then one thing that should also be mentioned too, this would, um, employers who have employees that stay for um, decent amounts of time, um, this would definitely be something that could potentially be looked into by them, um, especially if, like I said, if their employees are staying for um, like that eight years for the $50,000 investment or indefinitely for the $100,000 investment. Yeah. And then also on top of that, the investment, they, they take it, if we go into the article and we go down all the way to the, specifically the base case analysis. So the researchers, so I know we talk about those big, these big numbers, like the $50,000, $100,000, $200,000. Let's look into more of how they calculated to get that number. So in the base case analysis, they used, uh, they used trial data from a previous study in addition to costs for a gym membership. Now the, the trial that they used before that is in regard to a diet and exercise regimen, but they did not add in the cost for a gym membership. So um, the researchers assumed that in this study that diet and exercise regimen costs include personal costs, meal placements, and a hypothetical $600 per year gym membership. Um, so the, they did not include the process benefits. So that is from a healthcare sector perspective. Now from the societal perspective, um, they included all health and quality of life components with added costs for accounting for lost productivity and caregiving. So ultimately knee arthritis patients, ultimately what the cost is per person is about $1,000 and lost productivity annually is what they calculated. So, and there's a lot more statistics with that and, and we could go into depth that for, for years, but essentially like, as Cade and I were kind of mentioning, the importance of, um, we'll talk about the importance of incorporating this into your, if, it, if you're listening from a business perspective, if you're listening from um, a, as a, exercise practitioner, how you can use to elevate your game a little bit is the importance of diet and exercise into a daily, um, into a daily routine. So, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of go off on this here for a second. All right. So ultimately we went over the statistics and kind of what the, the research found for evidence. Now this evidence suggests that there's a high importance of incorporating a diet and exercise regimen, especially for productivity and decrease of annual cost per year, especially within the, this specific is osteo, knee osteoarthritis. So a decrease 
and weight and assisting with a diet and exercise regimen helps out significantly. And Kate's going to talk a little bit more about the impact of that. So for those of you who don't know, um, so in the knee, you have your femur, which is the first leg bone that comes off your hip. And then you have the tibia, and that is the, um, the bone that's just, that connects to your ankle. And so basically those two bones come into a connection, and that is where you have the hinge joint that everyone knows as the knee. And within that, you have some cartilage that basically acts as a shock absorber in, um, on those bones. So those bones aren't necessarily touching, um, but what happens with arthritis patients is that that cartilage kind of starts to deteriorate. And when that happens, then you have bone on bone contact. And that is where these patients are getting their, they're getting their pain from. And with that, um, what this trial showed was that when these patients actually exercise, they, and losing that weight, that helped to reduce their knee pain. And with that, they were actually able to be more productive at work and actually save the employer money because like Austin said, it costs about $1,000 per year according to US labor statistics that knee osteoarthritis patients lose in productivity per year. Yeah, and I, I think ultimately, the biggest thing that we're gonna discuss here is, you know, as exercise practitioners, specifically within our domains, are a little bit different. Um, Cade's experience is more of the anatomy focus, Art, mine's more of the physiology. I mean, obviously they come together in the human body, so. Um, <laughs> I appreciate you breaking that down. Okay, that helps out significantly for our listeners. But ultimately, it's it comes down to if you want to save money for your individuals who are if if you're a business owner and you want to save money for individuals who are working for you, or if you want to look at it from just an overall health and wellness perspective, it's it's ultimately it's like exercise diet and exercise is going to assist you in quality of life for years to come. And they the evidence shows it here and there's so many studies out there that that suggest that so um i think ultimately coming down to it is you know if you are not incorporating these quality of life interventions you're it's costing you money as an employer um it's as a society costing us money <laughs> i mean i mean i don't know how to describe it more clearly um besides that is ultimately it comes down to making sure that you have the correct interventions at all. And that is an, another important piece too, is yes, mm -hmm. although like they do use a diet and exercise intervention, what well, there is no right or wrong way, but to do this, there's so many different trials out there. So many diet and exercise programs. There's so many different things. It's just, I think ultimately it comes down to the practitioners that you're working with. And you, as I say, one thing they definitely need you, need, you need to know the the culture of your employees. And I think having that knowledge would help and giving that knowledge to the exercise practitioner that comes in or the diet registered dietitian that comes in, um, giving them that so they can kind of use that. And so you can uh, 
implement an effective plan that one that's actually going to be adhered to by your employees because if it's you can spend all the money you want in the world but if your employees are not willing to participate in the in the uh the corporate wellness plan that you have um that's just money down the drain yep i'd 100 percent support that uh ultimately and that's that's the biggest thing is like having a team of individuals who are going to successfully get you where you need to go to reduce costs or increase essentially quality of life so if i keep talking about it as from a employer perspective is reaching out to the right people i mean there are bad coaches or bad exercise practitioners or bad dietitians out there that um, ultimately are just going to sell you a bunch of just malarkey <laughs> or just uh, clouded information is how i should say it. so they're going to give you information that's that's not necessarily correct so it's important to seek out the correct individuals who are going to assist you in moving your if it's your business or if it's society forward that is the importance of it um and so i think ultimately on this podcast we're trying to clear up clear up the fog from which so many sources out there are trying to support like fad diets or fad programs or fad this fad that that's that's ultimately what we're trying to do is to give you the correct amount of information that is going to assist you and society moving forward. I mean, ultimately there's so much, I, I just think there's a lot of misinformation out there that we have to work on to educate our listeners. And you guys, like we want to look into the research and looking to the actual specifics with it. Because if we claim, because we are not experts, we work, we work towards educating. Um, I think ultimately our scope of practice is trying to assist the education piece at this point in assisting moving forward. Now we want to be able to be a source that you can, you can contact if you have questions or concerns regarding this. But Cade, as I mentioned previously, I think ultimately like our goal here is to help elevate our listeners game here to be aware of the, the, um, misinformation out there. So if there's something that you can think of off the top of your head, um, or as we talk here, what are some misinformation things that viewers can, that we can clear up for viewers, but also help them move forward to in outsourcing information or asking about? Um, just one of the things like going back, if, for our listeners who listen to Levi's and I's um, podcast, I really liked how um, what Levi does is he keeps it simple. Uh, he, he had the example of if you come into my gym and I put a bar on your back and I continually, continually stress you and make you and make you squat, I will make, I will make your legs stronger. I will make your core stronger. Um, and ultimately like there, there isn't, the basically keep it simple stupid is basically the motto that needs or if if it ain't broke don't fix it people have been lifting weights for a long time and it's more or less been proven that that it works um so i think that is one of the one of the key things is that it doesn't have to be this dip, difficult complex thing that you're seeing someone do on instagram or whatever um it it just has to if it's simple and it works and you can do it and you can consistently do it, 
um, then go for it. And that, that was one of the things that I think was one of the bigger takeaways from Levi's podcast. And I think that is very applicable to, to a lot of people. Yeah, I know there's so much out there on the gram or Twitter or Facebook that really clouds individuals. Um, perceptions. Yeah, I would say their, their perceptions of what it's like to improve performance or in this case, like from a, to decrease. Oh, I guess we didn't discuss the population that they studied. So I'll discuss this very briefly, but ultimately it was individuals who were above the age of 60 and worked in several different areas of healthcare, like as in nurses, doctors, whatever. So people who actually work in the healthcare field who study this information are being studied in addition to the individuals who work in, per se, let's, let's say uh, like a factory or a higher work labor intensive area, such as like if you were a mailman, for example, um, you're, you're always moving. You're very active in regard to that. Um, but this study is over 450 individuals and they collect data from previous studies who have a significant amount of data. Now there's so many, uh, things that are applicable about this study that assists individuals moving forward. Now we want to improve quality of quality of life in general. I think that's ultimately the, the goal. Um, but how do we do that? And diet and exercise, we go back to it all the time. Uh, we, we talk about the importance of diet exercise. Now, there's also lifestyle changes, too, that you have to make uh, it, that they don't discuss in here. So there's a lot of psychological changes that you have to take into account for that we're not necessarily addressing. Um, so as a individual within the field of uh, health and ultimately human performance, it comes down to, you know, identifying the correct, Kate said, culture that you're in. If you're, if you're working for an employer, um, if you're working for any individual, it's identifying what, how are they can, can, how can they assist you improving your quality of life? And, and as an employer, it's finding out the individuals who can, or finding the practitioners that are in the correct scope of practice and can assist you moving forward without all this like social media backing regarding like misinformation. So Nothing wrong with people being on social media. It's like finding the correct individuals that are going to assist you in improving health and human performance. And that was kind of a rant, but ultimately, like I said, it comes down to finding the right people and clearing up the clouded mess of perceptions on Instagram. I saw a watermelon challenge literally yesterday <laughs> or a watermelon workout thing. The dude is smashing oh, a watermelon over. Yeah, yes, I saw that too. So, Thinking of it, like, obviously, that's a, that's way out of the left field, right? But still, some people are like, let's try that out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, watermelon is my favorite fruit, so I think that's a, I think it's a waste of watermelons. <laughs> that's my two cents. Yeah, yeah. That's a waste of money and fruit and all that stuff combined. But ultimately, I think we're going to wrap up here today. We, had, we don't have much time left, so – um, today, I think we want to thank all of our viewers for getting us to this point. This is big for us. In addition to listening to our podcast every week, that is our goal, trying to produce content every single week. And we got a bunch of really cool people coming up on our next podcast, um, from the health 
realm. So if you guys keep listening, that's fantastic. Share, like this. Um, we'd love to hear your comments. So give us some feedback if you have anything. But okay. if you have any people that you would like to um, or you think that we should interview, yeah, just let just let us know. Slide yeah. into those DMs. Give us a give us a ring, slide in the DMs, you know, do what it takes. But ultimately, yeah, to wrap things up today, I want to thank Cade for our success moving forward. We are doing our best to get the information and clear out all of the, the clouded mess on the, the gram or on Twitter or on Facebook. So um, check out our previous podcasts. Um, but Cade, do you have anything else for us today? No, that's, I think we, I think I've said everything I wanted to. So, but thanks. Thanks to all the listeners. We really appreciate it. All right, guys. Um, we'll talk to you later and have a great rest of your day.